Hello everybody and welcome to the episode 66 of the DNVR Nuggets' Serbian Corner. My name is Miroslav Tjuk and we are in the preseason, baby. The NBA champions, Denver Nuggets, are back in town. Well, they were for a couple of hours for the media day and then they went to San Diego for the training camp since it was too big of a group of players and coaches to fit in a high school gymnasium they use as their training facility in Denver. They're looking forward to having the altitude advantage over their opponents once they actually get the chance to accommodate to the mile-high altitude in a couple of months or so. It might be, it might take longer, to be honest, since, since they have a four-games home stretch in early November, a three-games home stretch in mid-December, then another four-game stretch between Christmas and New Year. You get the picture. Other than that, they will be in their team playing a lot. I don't want to bug you guys with my own takes for too long, so let me bring in some help. First, a co-host of the ever-rising Nuggets podcast called The Four Corners. He has been Buckets since 88, the biggest Nuggets fan in the state of Louisiana. Calling from the central time zone, it's Peter Martin. Pete, we're almost here. The first Nuggets preseason game is in three days. How excited are you and what do you want to see from the Nuggets the most from the jump? Hey, what's up, Miroslav? Um, I'm excited. Um, you know, I'm just excited to see the the new pieces, honestly. I mean, I think we all know how well the starters fit together. And so, you know, the Nuggets had a lot of new pieces last year. So they, they've got a little bit of continuity coming back on the bench with, uh, you know, with Reggie and DeAndre and with, with Christian. But uh, it's going to be exciting to see some of those new pieces, you know, mix in and everybody's going to be hungry. Um, we've seen some really interesting quotes from the from the huddles of the of the training camp, and we'll talk about them in a, in a minute. But before that, let me introduce my second guest for today. He is the second most famous person from Cypress, California. I guess Tiger Woods is still more of a household name than him. Well, for now, here's a guy whose Nuggets takes I've cherished for almost a decade now, calling from the Pacific time zone. It's at RxSmart2 for just for friends, just Ray Martinelli. What up, Ray? How's it going? By the way, I don't know if you know who John Stamos is, but he is also from Cypress, California. Yeah, and but he is famous. Yeah, but he's like uh, way more famous than, than Tiger Woods. I mean, he 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 is okay. famous, but he's from he's from the eighties. He's like like the, like the Lakers of the NBA. Like the, the team of past, you know. So well, I, I don't know. I would not talk any trash. You're, you're gonna you're gonna get them to start having some conversations about this. <laughs> Miroslav, who's the most famous person where you're from? Um. Yeah. Well, there have been some famous people living in Panchevo, uh, not born in Panchevo, but but some pretty big guys uh, that used to to live in Panchevo because it used to be a big. Uh, a big town, big city uh, in the time of uh, Austro-Hungarian Empire. So most of the uh, well-known Serbs from the 19th century, for instance, uh, used to live in my hometown. I, I, I will not bug you with the, the exact names, <laughs> but you can imagine it was a it was a powerhouse. Of, of you don't want to go too Serbian corner on us. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Maybe maybe if I prepare a special segment with. The nice graphics and everything. Well, that's actually a good idea. So, Ray, 
is this the mo- uh, is this the the preseason you are most excited to see in years or or maybe not um i'll be honest with you i'm like a little like ready to just not ready i'm not ready to for the season to start because i'm still on the high from the from this from just the actual title and everything but i'm sure once the ball is up in the air it'll it'll get me pretty excited i'm excited to see how the young guys do though because you've got so many guys that you just don't know who's going to play where and and who's going to kind of emerge as as their core guys it seems like it's it's Going into training camp, it was one thing, and now everybody's talking about okay, maybe it's going to be the older guys now. Yeah, or well, the vets. Yeah, let's let's start with the training camp because let, let's just do the basics first. It's always amazing to me how short it is. Yeah. Like, how the hell are these guys supposed to build actions and chemistry in a four-day span? And the short answer is they can't. The NBA mm-hmm. is not interested in making the game super competitive in October. They're interested in, in starting making money in the shortest possible time frame. That's why guys like Nikola Jokic can come to Denver eight days before the first preseason game mm-hmm. or three weeks before the first official game. They don't want the ramp up. They just want the revenue. Also, it's fair to say that the NBA players, at least most of them, are kind of like top-notch jazz musicians. You can assemble of a quartet of jazz guys who never met before, 10 minutes before the show, and they can agree on the repertoire and the order of solo parts and be ready. Of course, they would prefer to spend some time together and jam before they have to hit the stage, as the NBA coaches would probably like to have their team for a longer time before showtime, but it is what it is. Ray, tell me what's the most interesting piece of information for you coming from the training camp. I know we're going to talk about this, but it's the fact that Jokic loves learning about basketball. That The quote that Adam had from yesterday, I mean, I think we all knew it, right? We all kind of uh, thought about it, but now to actually hear it, you're just like, oh, this is like totally true because it wasn't that he was saying, yeah, I, I, I enjoy learning about this. It was more like uh, saying, if you want to be great, you have to, to study. And, you know, we kind of, I wonder what he like learns and what he does that's basketball related in his private time. But I, I really kind of have a feeling it's a lot. It's like a, it's a lot more than we think. So that whole story was, it blew my mind and it came out what, like 15 hours ago, 20 hours ago. That's what Pete, I would say. Pete, do you remember another NBA superstar talking about watching the, the coaches camps, coaching, uh, coaching seminars and, and the referencing to them? At any point in the past, um, I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but uh, to be honest, no. I feel like Kobe was the guy that was most interested in basketball. That was always kind of talking about other teams, like at other levels. You know, he he obviously loved women's basketball, but I don't remember him specifically talking about a certain coach's clinic. Yeah, what is interesting to me here is Jokic had that quote that he probably called the basketball for two or three times during the offseason, which is probably not true, by the way. But, you know, mm-hmm. I can imagine him not being too heavy with basketball physically. He was probably, you know, going through his uh, regime for the offseason that builds up his body every year. And we know that he actually starts every season uh, on a really, really high level. But what's interesting to me here is that he is actually building up the other part 
of basketball. And he's already probably the guy with the highest basketball IQ. I mean, uh, currently, there's no question, I think. But you might even say that he's one of the top-notch basketball IQ guys in the history of basketball. And he's still insisting on, on building up on that. And of course, who do you want to ask and who do you want to watch than some, uh, some really great uh, basketball coaches? And I don't think it's any coincidence that he, he chosen, he's chosen the Serbian coaches, not because they're the, they're the best in the world. It's because they're a bit different comparing to NBA coaches. Mm-hmm. I think after eight seasons of the NBA, Nikola knows every wrinkle you can find in the NBA playbook, not only on the Nuggets, but on the other teams as well. So he's trying to expand his views and see how the other coaches are using, you know, slightly smaller court or stuff, stuff like that in FIBA basketball. And, and then so he can use it in the, in the NBA game. So it's really interesting to me. And I agree with you, Ray. It's, it's probably the biggest takeaway of them all from the, from the, uh, from the training camp. What about you, Pete? Do you have uh, something other that uh, took your uh, well, interest? I mean, maybe you can help me out with this, but I'm, I'm having a little bit of trouble reading Jokic sometimes because I don't know if he's being truthful or if he's gotten to the point where he's figured out the media and he just kind of says stuff to give us something that we might think is interesting. Like when he answered the question of was this his best summer yet, he said, no, it was the shortest one. You know, I feel like there's a little bit of truth to that, but how much is just like, oh God, what another ridiculous question. Like, here's something just to like get off my back. Cause I think he hates the media still. So, but he's, he's realized that he can't just be the most boring guy ever. Two-time MVP. Now he's got a championship. He's got to give us something. I, I think that was a joke because yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think he, he hates those questions as much as we think. So, I mean, he, he realizes it's a part of a job. He just, he just needs to, 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 uh, to be there to, to answer those questions. But he was just joking because, you know, there were some summers when he was playing for the Serbian national team. And that's something that will take away two months of his summer uh, anyway. So there's not a big difference in, in rest time of his regular summer with, with the Serbian national team or this one without the Serbian national team, but with a shorter offseason because of the, the, the long playoff run. So, yeah, it's... It's a joke, and he likes to joke. And I promise you guys, he's so much funnier in Serbian. He he's just he's just making jokes all the time. It's it's a bit harder for him, you know, because of the language barrier. But but still, he he's using his time when he can to to make a joke like this. One thing I wanted to uh, to take away from the from the huddles of the of the training camp was when Michael Malone said that none of the guys playing off of the bench should feel they're entitled to a rotation spot. And we all said, yeah, of course, that's a smart thing to say. You don't want uh, people to get complacent and stuff like that. But I think what he meant by that is that two guys in particular, one of them being Peyton Watson and the other one being Zeke Nagy, are the guys that think they're surefire rotation guys because there's nobody behind them in the pecking order or maybe maybe it's more of a Zeke 
think that there there are no bigs behind him except for DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. By the way, don't be surprised if DeAndre is actually playing game one. I agree. Like 12 minutes. <laughs> so I really think it was a message to those two guys. And I think it's very fair from Malone because the Rooks have some real, I don't want to say potential, they have some real skill in them and they can jeopardize their their uh, uh, position in the rotation. So do you think there, there was something else he wanted to, to point out or was it really focused on these two guys? What about you, Ray? I'm not sure if it was really focused on, I mean, maybe it was focused on them, but I definitely think that he wants them to hear it. Even, even like um, going back many, many years, I think that the only rookie that actually just, or he really wasn't a rookie, but it was sort of in the Peyton Watson mold that came in his second year and was just playing regardless of what happened was Monte. Right. But I think that what he looked at is what happened with Christian Brown um, and that what's happened in the past, it's, it's been successful where you just don't give the position to somebody. And even if they they're in the rotation for a few weeks or a few days, a few games, they can get pulled out for a little bit if if they're just either not performing it or just for, for any reason. I, I know that it really upsets fans, and I've, like, totally argued with a lot of people on stiffs about this, but I think it, it works in the long run that they almost have to, like, be on their P's and Q's and be making sure that they're – I mean, I'm sure it's more of a defensive thing, but just playing at the level that that's expected of them. And then by the time this the playoffs roll around, if you notice – most of the time, he just sort of takes off those shackles and lets them go. So that's what I hope was going to happen. Yeah, Pete, in the spirit of George Orwell's 1984, like, we are all, all equal, but some of us are more equal than the other ones. Do you think that that Michael Malone is setting the table that everybody has an equal chance and and some of the guys just should not feel entitled to anything before you know, the training camp ends and the, the preparation games end as well. Yeah, I mean, as a coach, you have a difficult job because you got to play the best guys, but you also want to make sure that everybody's still with you in the fight, right? So he's, I think it's smart to say everybody has a chance because what you don't want to do is like alienate a guy early and then a guy gets hurt and then you're like, oh, ha, never mind. Like, come on, we need you now. So, I think it's smart, you know, and, and Peyton Watson, like, if we're being honest, he's done everything right. You know, he's, he's put in the time in the gym and he's really shows that he wants this. So it seems like Malone is probably going to give him a longer leash, um, you know, unless he's just completely horrible. But I think in the past, Malone's done a pretty good job about he'll play guys if they've earned it. Right. And then if guys just aren't playing, you know, he's usually been pretty right about that. I, there hasn't been too many guys that just were, weren't good in Denver and then left and then were good somewhere else. I mean, sometimes it was just a, a matter of, you know, maybe not having the minutes. Like Malik Beasley's the only guy I can think of who didn't really play much in his first couple of years and then played more. Um, you know, but obviously Malone had his issues with him. I just think that everybody on the team right now is kind of, you know, not in his doghouse. They're like in his good graces. So I could see them all having a role this season. Yeah. Okay. Any any other uh, huddles takeaways you would like to mention before we move on? What about what Mike Porter said? Or that was that like last week? You might have already talked about it last week. But when he talked about how his role is not going to change, I'm not sure if that was last week or was that the early part of this week. 
It was the first interview on Monday. Yeah, it feels Monday like the media first day of media day. Oh, media day, actually. Media day. Yeah. yeah. Media day was Monday, right? Yeah. Wow. That's right. The, the training camp, like you said, is like two days long. Um, no, that was that was really cool because um, he didn't like sit there and say like he wasn't like somebody was saying something into his ear and then he was just repeating it. He actually was like, yeah, I don't think my role is going to change this much. And it seemed very honest. And and Mike, to his credit, always seems to answer things really honestly, even if it gets him into trouble. And the way he said it, it was like, wow, he seems like he's pretty cool with all this. Um, I know a lot of guys have already talked about it, but I just think that we need to give him more credit for just how much he's bought into like everything, considering where he, you know, what he could be doing on another team as far as his role is concerned, because he's basically like, you know, KCP or, you know, any other three, three and D guy, but he's damn good at it and, and had, could do better or could have a larger role. I, I used to be known as a, as a Porter hater and Pete remembers this really well. I, I, I just felt that, you know, if you're not a complete basketball player, there's no way you can be a, a key guy on a championship team, but I was wrong. I mean, Michael Porter is so good at, at stuff he does well mm-hmm. that I mean he is such a he's such a super role player and it's always better to have a super role player on your team than a bad superstar that's that's, that's, that's a line I stole from Aramares. yeah so so Pete how, how do you feel about Michael Porter really getting into that groove of of a guy that's completely fine with a role that's far lesser than what he imagined it would be like five, six years ago when he was a top recruit in high school and in college. Well, in high school, I guess. How, how impressive is it to you now? I love it. It's great. I mean, it's, it's sort of a two-part thing because on the one hand, I'm really happy that he's come to this realization because so many times when a team wins a championship right it's like that's when guys start looking out for themselves and it seems like this nuggets team all really like each other you know and uh you know i'm sure that there's a part of him that wishes he had a bigger role but he you know he's still got the money and the organization believes in him and uh you know it's not like the superstars are selfish so Jokic and murray they still pass the ball they make the right play um, you know, I was talking to uh, Voya in Spaces the other night, and he he made a really great point. He's like, you know, most Serbian fans didn't really like MPJ because he's like the exact opposite of the way basketball is taught how how it's being played mm-hmm. in Europe. And that just made me think about how when you've been playing a certain way your whole life, even as hard as you work to improve, it's really hard to to make that change from your style to, you know, a high IQ style. So I think we really have to praise Porter for the way he's taken baby steps and learned over the years to fit into the system. Um, On the other hand, I do feel bad because I do think that a big part of this is like lucky for the nuggets that he got injured because had he not gotten injured, I do think he would view himself more as like, I'm going to try to be a superstar, but he's just glad to be healthy and be part of a winning culture. I'm going to interject because I actually am. I'm, I really do question is it something that he realized or has it just always been him and that we've given him a, a different amount of credit? Because if you look like back in high school, I believe they won the national championship, right? Like he was a winner in high school. And when he was in high school, like 
pretty much the best shot is probably going to be no matter where he's at, just shoot the ball. So it's like he, he probably developed to play that way, but maybe he's just always been all about winning his whole life. And that we, because he was so good and they just made him score all the time, or they just had him score all the time. He was like, that's what we thought of him because every step of the way, it seems like winning has always seemed to be the most important thing. Even the controversial game five or game, game four, um, against the Jazz, or yeah, the, no, no, that was against the Clippers. The statement where he said that you know the ball needs to go here, he was really saying we can't beat this team like that. It wasn't like I need my shots. So I'm kind of right. wondering if he's just always been a winner and it's always been inside of him. But yeah, I, I'm sure that he does. Like it would be great to have a larger role, but like if it was like be a you know a flawed suit, a flawed star versus a winning role player, I think he probably would take the latter. Sure, seems like it at least. Yeah, I believe it was two two summers ago, before uh, his last injury and in the, in the procedure he had on his back. Mm-hmm. Ryan Blackman had a had a tweet saying that what's very very impressive about Michael Porter, he's not only super efficient, he is a guy that makes very few turnovers as well. Mm-hmm. And I got a snarky yeah. comment on that, saying that yeah, of course you're not going to turn the ball over if you shoot it every time you get it. And it was a really snarky comment from my side. But now, when I think about it, it's the perfect thing to do. He's not supposed to do anything else. I mean, we might see some glimpses of his playmaking this season as well, because, of course, he's playing in that really, really good system, and why not? But is there a better shot than a semi-open Michael Porter (laughs) at any point in time? (laughs) No, I don't think so. Do you want a guy with an 80% true shooting to get it instead of him? <laughs> just, just think, yeah. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, you know, he should not be swinging the rock, you know, so much when it gets to him and he's semi-open. Um, and uh, other than like Yoke, obviously, but when he's on the court, say without Yoke, I kind of want him. I, I, how do you feel about this, Peter? But I kind of want him to shoot a little bit more. Some of those shots that he took in the first two years, particularly the, the first year where I was just like, man, that's a terrible shot. But it would go in enough to where when Jokic is not on the floor, that's probably a good shot for, for Denver. Um, I want to see that more. Um, what about you, Pete, Pete? <laughs> Miroslav? Or are you just – you kind of was like, we're going like this. I don't know if you were like, man, I can't take that anymore. And you know the types I mean, of I shots. Would, I would love for him to get more opportunity, you know, if Malone staggers, but I just think Malone has shown that he doesn't really like to stagger in the regular season, which is fine because it worked last year. So you want to keep those starters together as much as possible, but I think it'll kind of be one of those things where he'll give it like 10 to 15 games. If the bench can be passable, he'll just stick with it. If the bench is a disaster, he'll end up staggering Murray or, and or Porter. Um, But I, I, you know, he'll get his chances. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Porter and, and to the lesser extent KCP, they're just cheat codes. Because you already you already have three guys that are making so much pressure on defense. And then if you overload on any of them, you still have two guys in the corners that will make forty five percent of the trees. <laughs> so that's that's just insanity. Okay, let's take a short break because we're running a bit long on the first segment, and then we'll come back with some uh, some predictions. Don't go anywhere. Okay, we are back. Let me take out the old 
presentation. So this is the title of today's show. The champions are back. And we'll start with our official predictions for the individual regular seasons for the five starters of Denver Nuggets plus Christian Brown. Now, I'm not sure we're going to have enough time to go through all of the six guys, but we'll do our best to 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 make it work today. I'm so we have last season stats just to see. Yes. Just to make sure. So we will start with this beautiful boy from from Kansas called Christian Brown. So last last year in the regular season he averaged 15.5 oh, yeah. minutes, 4.7 points, 2.4 rebounds, 0.8 assists, 35.4% for the three-point line. When we went to the to the playoffs, he dropped to 13 minutes and actually he had some games with like one minute or 20 mm-hmm. seconds of playing time, so that also decreased the average. Only 3.2 points, 2.3 rebounds, uh, two rebounds, 0.6 assists, 20% from three. So these numbers are not very impressive by by Christian Brown, but we know that he's not about the numbers. We know his value is is far more than that. But I don't want to ask you guys what would you like to see from Christian Brown. I want your official uh, um, 50 percentile outcome for him in in this season. So let's start with Peter. What do you think he'll go from here individually? So I definitely think he's going to get a bump in minutes per game. I'd be shocked if he's under 20. Uh, he'll probably be right around like... 23 24 minutes a game so that should shoot his points per game up to i'd say six and a half seven and you know rebounds three and a half and like 1.2 system what about you ray numbers wise i think that uh i think he's gonna be closer to 30 personally just because there's so many you know unknowns on there and um that's sort of where Bruce was at. And I, I don't think he's going to go come close to Bruce's like output, but I think that he might come close to Bruce as far as Mike Malone's reliance on him. Um, I would venture to go like 30 points, but I, I really agree with Pete that I don't think his per 36 or per 30 are going to go up that much. Maybe just a tick up. Like, so if he's going to, you know, what is, let's just say we extrapolate this, it's probably like 12 points six rebounds hopefully my math is okay something like that per game i could see him going to like 13 or 14 points per 30 30 minutes you know something a little bit higher um i do would like to see his three-point percentage stay where it's at or go higher i don't think that you know it's a little bit too much to say always going to shoot 40 percent, but it'd be great if he shot 36 again um and uh you know these rookies tend to like they don't really just come out shooting crazy as it goes um, yeah, I just don't expect the stats to go up like a lot of people are saying. Um, I still think his impact, though, I really do expect his impact to look a lot better and maybe some of his impact metrics to look better than they were last year. Turnovers yeah. down as well, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a cop-out answer and say that you're both right. Like somewhere between you two guys, between Peter's 23 minutes and, and your race, 30 minutes per game. I think Bruce was like 29 minutes per game last season, something like that. And he'll probably have a bit less than that. But 
biggest difference between Christian Brown and Bruce Brown is the fact that he's not a, he's not a playmaker. Well, at least he wasn't until this mm-hmm. day. We'll see what will happen in the future. So, Bruce Brown, you could have easily put him instead of any of the five starters. And you would still have a f- five that makes sense. And with Christian Brown, you cannot do that. You you will have to have in either Jamal or Reggie or, I guess, Jalen Pickett. Just for the... I mean, what if you sub out Jamal and put Christian Brown in? Who's your best ball handler then? It's Aaron Gordon, right? Yeah, if you have Yoke, I think you could work with Yoke. I actually would love that that lineup with Yoke, but that's not like something you do every day. Yeah, you don't need a point guard when you have Choker out there. <laughs> well, you can you can say that that we did not have a point guard in Jamal Murray until like last three seasons or something like that. Yeah, he that's... was he was always a, a super combo guard and not a point guard. I think what we saw from him. In these playoffs, and especially in the finals Gosh, yeah. run, that's that's like the the point guard, Jamal Murray. I just want the last thing about Christian, and then we'll move on. Do you think you'll feel nervous when you see Christian Brown subbing in from for let let's say KCP for some kind of a closing minutes? No, uh, I mean for for KCP. You know, I, I think KCP is a better player right now. So a little bit. I mean, a little bit. I would wonder why if KCP is having a great game. But I get it. Like, he's bigger. So some matchups, he's going to be better. I don't trust him as much shooting as KCP. But that's to be expected. KCP is one of the great shooters in the league. What about if he's in instead of Michael Porter? What do you say, Pete? Would it make you mer- nervous? Well, this might be a, it might be a cop-out answer, but... To me, it would depend on what kind of situation he's in because, no, I don't want the clock going down to three seconds and then it's swung to Christian Brown because he's open and he's got to take the shot. But he's smart enough to know that most of the time he's cutting to the basket. So defensively, I trust him. And it, offensively, I trust him to be in the right situation. So, you know, it, it's kind of rough spacing if you have him and Aaron Gordon on the floor at the same time. But I'm sure they'll make it work. Okay, let's move on to to – KCP, KCP last season, 31 minutes, almost 11 points, almost three rebounds, two and a half assists, 42.3% from three-point line. By the way, he had a pretty rough end to the season. He was shooting like 47%. Yeah, yeah. Or like most of the season. <laughs> last year, it was insanity. And then we went to the playoffs. He upped those minutes to 336 Almost the exact same points, uh, a bit more 3.3 rebounds, 1.6 assists, and 38% from three-point line, which is also really, really good. What can we expect as a first 50% percentile outcome for KCP? Let's start with you, Ray. Um, I say that the minutes go down, and maybe that's more uh, just them trying to preserve him age. Um, And I think Everything just stays exactly the same. He just seems like the same player every year. He's just super solid. Um, maybe the 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 three point percentage was quite high, but then again, it's like I, I he's been around that you know his whole career, and these are the best shots he's going to get. It might even go up um, just because he's probably going to get more corner threes now. I would assume just because of their chemistry, um, I, you know, and not only that, but. 
well, we'll get to the other two later. The other, two of the other ones later. But yeah, I would say the players around them are better. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yes, Peter. Yeah, I'd say most likely it's going to be right in line with the same. Um, I don't think his minutes are going to go down. I think Malone has just shown he doesn't really like to rest guys that he trusts. So he, he'll That's be at point. 30, 31 minutes again, I predict. Um, I could see his scoring going up a little bit if that second unit is struggling. Because if you remember, what Malone started doing was staggering Jamal and KCP. So he's really good on that, you know, that secondary action where he just kind of, you know, rubs around on that screen on the wing and then he's able to get to that little elbow jumper, you know, and that's a good way to like break up a run another team's got going. So he's, he can definitely give you more offense if you need it. It's just the Nuggets have such an embarrassment of riches. All they need him to do is run to the corner and space the floor. I think we'll see, we'll see KCP with the bench more this season because he's shown that he can, you can create some actions for him. He's really good. From the top of the key, he's really good around the the free throw free throw line with his you know uh, jumpers. Uh, I think it might be something similar to what we got from uh, Jeff Green last year, like when you have no offensive uh, power whatsoever on the court, you just put the ball in the Jeff Green's <laughs> hands and hope for for the best for like three possessions in a row. But for me, KCP is such a monolith guys he is like i feel like he can be the same guy for next three years probably not not much more than that because of the defensive part i guess but i just i just feel so confident in his shot and uh, him playing on a string with with the rest of the starters it's really i i think we are underselling how well he fit with the starters in his yeah. first season on the Nuggets. It's like he's probably one of the guys who felt like uh, like um, like Holiday when he said that these guys are playing actual basketball. It's so fun. Yeah. These guys really want everybody <laughs> to, to contribute. By the way, that's one of the greatest quotes we've missed yeah. on from the from the training camp. So yeah, I I just don't feel we'll see much different uh, stats from from kcp next season he might have more of those 20 points outputs comparing to last season but on average he'll probably just get the, to the to the similar guys spot. isn't that crazy how that can happen at like the highest level of basketball there's just like a team that has so much dysfunction it's like these guys are all pros you would think they would be able to get on the same page yeah well i think denver's different too though like i think that just having your best player play that way, it's just kind of like like there's very few stars. Maybe Golden State is the same, but I think all these other superstars, when they say they make the player better, I think what they actually do is they they marginalize your skill set and kind of put you in a box. And then it's like if the ball comes to you, you can, you'll be a better shooter, but you're kind of like, you know, you're not going to really play as much. But I think that Denver especially and then also Golden State, they just play basketball where it's just – everybody's sort of involved no matter what your skill set is so i think it's it's just more of a denver thing than say you know other dysfunction but 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 you know it could be wrong there what do you yeah. think and i guess i guess holiday you know nuggets and hawks is like two ends of yeah 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 it's 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 i mean i always say this about the nba 
it's fake basketball because the the regular season <laughs> is so fucking long you yeah. need to to make up some stuff to get through it and because you okay. have a, such a crazy difference between your top stars and your role players in in salaries at least it's really hard to to build good chemistry with all, with all 15 guys you have on 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 your roster so i guess this is why they make things more simple they play you know the pick and rolls to the death and that was the death of of Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray right mm-hmm. in the in the playoffs but they make it too simple just to get through it and then we get a lot of other wrinkles in the playoffs of course and that's that's mm-hmm. a co- completely different story so in Europe you have for instance you have guys the top paid guy paid guys are like 3 million dollars per year maybe four and that's it so you can imagine that the last guy on the bench he does not get like 20 times less than the than the oh, okay, yeah. the top stars so it's i guess it's easier to to create chemistry over there and to rely on more of your guys in that kind of situation so yeah that's that actually makes sense that some guys will just never play real basketball in nba depending on which team they they come on to Okay, one more guy before before the break, Michael Porter Jr. So, Michael Porter Jr. last year, only 29 minutes per game, and I, if you ask me, perfect amount, just mm-hmm. perfect. 17.5 points, five and a half rebounds, one assist, uh, 41.4% from the three-point line. That was his career worst, right? Mm-hmm. He was always a bit better than that or a lot better than that. In the playoffs, almost 33 minutes, 13.5 points, six rebounds, one assist, 35%. By the way, he had a really good uh, three-point shooting stretch in the playoffs yeah. before the before those those finals when he just stopped shooting. I mean, he he continued shooting; he just stopped hitting. <laughs> <laughs> but what you gonna do? So, I'm I'm gonna let Peter cook with this one first. So you're a you're our dedicated Michael Porter guys, so give give us your prediction for him. Yeah, so I'm really hoping that Malone lets him play just as much as the rest of the starters. Hopefully that minutes per game can bump up a couple to 31, 32. So we should be able get should be able to get his points per game over 18, you know, thinking like 18 and a half. I really want to see him get his rebounds up to like seven if possible, at least clear six, and then you know, he's keeps improving as a passer. He probably won't get to two assists a game, but maybe get to like 1.5, hopefully. And you know, the three point shooting, I don't think it's going to get any, go anywhere, but I don't, he takes so many that I don't anticipating it getting much better. better. He's kind of going to stay sort of between 40, 45%. Ray? I think, I think pretty much exactly what Pete said, except for I could see his, maybe his scoring going up. I do think that he's going to shoot higher than 40. 41 and a half percent is because it's like his career low, which is crazy to see. Um, it really does depend too on if he gets the green light to take some of those sidestep just with a guy in his face type of threes. But I even think he still might have a career, you know, uh, not a career high. I think his career has, career high is 44 percent, right? Um, somewhere somewhere in between 41 and 44, I think he could he could land there again just because he he's done it like every time, yeah. Or he might just get some weird, wacky 47, 48% you know, season. I would not put that past him. 
he just it's weird like I, you just trust him every time he shoots the ball it's just that's the most beautiful thing it's just it's just crazy it's mm -hmm. it just shows you how efficient you can actually become if you're uh, from out of out of this world like 611 guy with a ratchet and it's really it's really hard to i mean you can Im you can imagine what his career would have looked like if he didn't have all of those injuries if he had more athleticism in him and you know just being able to to pick up the ball from lower points on the court and stuff like that yeah but we are very very uh, happy with with him i actually don't think he'll get a bump in minutes i think michael malone will try to uh, to stay smart with him actually those 29 minutes if you think about it i think he would be at 31 last year if bruce didn't end all of those games um, last year yeah. so that's probably the reason why he is at 29 but uh, honestly i i really like that number it preserves his body better and I don't know, man. I, I actually don't know if his points uh, will rise above this level. This is a this is a very formidable numbers from him. He is uh, a guy. I don't want to call him distractor. He's a guy. You at one point you will have to leave semi open because these guys are just just piling up stuff against your defense, and then you'll just have to let him, you know. Put a porter quarter on you and mm -hmm. and finish you completely. So uh, Mirslav, yeah, yeah. If there's if there's one thing I'd like to see him improve, he only averaged 1.9 free throw attempts last year. If he's yeah. worked on his handle again, like he said he did, and then he feels like he's starting to get a little bit more of that athleticism back, I feel like he should be able to attack the basket a little more and just be around the rim more. Because he's been a good offensive rebounder when he's really trying, but I think sometimes coming back for the injury, he may might just be hesitant to get inside and mix it up a lot. But we've seen he's been a really good, you know, effective rebounder and finisher inside when he wants to be. So if he hesitates less this year, I think he'll have more easy baskets inside and, and hopefully get to the line more as well. Okay, let's take a short break now and then we'll go to Aaron Gordon. Okay, let's let's continue with our predictions. So, Aaron Gordon, last season, 30 minutes on the nose, 16.3 points, 5.5 rebounds, just like Michael Porter, 3 assists, 34.6% from the 3-point line. But then in the playoffs, he went to almost 36 minutes, 13 points, the exact same like Michael Porter, 6.2 rebounds, 2.6 assists, and 39% from the three-point line. Was this percentage in the playoffs fake or real, Ray? What do you think? Fake. Uh, I mean, I think he's like an okay shooter, but like, you know, he has stretches where he's shooting 39%. I think he thought shot that for like the first few months of the season. Um, and it, to me, it doesn't even matter, though, because he's so good at screening and just being a good player that – him shooting 20% from the three-point line is is still getting guys wide open because you have to guard him. We saw what the Lakers tried to do. They couldn't guard him. Um, they, they kept on, like, running KCP off the of screens, you know, or, or his man off of that. Aaron Gordon would screen, and there's nobody there to pick up KCP, et cetera. 
going back to the whole thing, I think that 35% is would be great if he just keeps shooting in that range. Um, I think he could he could shoot that. You know, that would actually might be his career high or getting close to it. But um everything else, I kind of think it's gonna stay the same, maybe a little bump in points and um, you know. Him and Mike, Michael Porter are going to be like kind of going after the same rebound. So if one goes up, the other one might go down. I think the Nuggets are a great rebounding team. Um, maybe his assists go up if he starts staggering more too. He's a really good pass, just a really good basketball player, you know. And I can see that his assists going up. Peter, you've seen his his assist from the training camp, the, the small yeah. uh, piece of action we 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 got to see from him. <laughs> How excited are you for, for Aaron Gordon's season? And what do you predict? I'm excited. Um, I I have to say, though, I am a little bit not worried, but just sort of like hesitant because he said that the goal is to get better this season, you know, which is good. I just hope he doesn't mean expand his game. He should just continue to do exactly what he did last year and try to do it at an even more efficient level. You know, uh, we've been saying this for years, but the easiest thing for him to improve on is his free throw shooting. Um, I think he's still in like either the low 70s or 60s. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, so that's like something that is just, you know, getting in the gym and working on it. Um, the three-point shooting, it comes and goes. You know, he, he definitely won us a couple of games with some hot shooting. Um but man, 39% in the playoffs, that's pretty crazy considering who he was guarding, yeah. right? I mean, you got to throw in the fact that he's guarding Carl Anthony Towns in round one, Kevin Durant in round two, LeBron James in round three, and Jimmy Butler in round four. That's a murderer's row, you know? So he's always guarding the other team's best or like most physical forward. And then he still basically didn't lose much production. So, I mean, yeah, a guy like that to have on your team, it, you know, I think it's safe to say Aaron Gordon is the glue of the Nuggets. You, you really can't replace him. Yeah. Another just, guy I was way wrong sorry. about, by the way. Yeah. I was way wrong about him. I did not like that trade at all. <laughs> you hated the trade. Oh, my God. I was so wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I hated it. Anyway, go. I mean, who could have foreseen a guy coming to Denver, to, to Sombor for three days this summer to hang out with, 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 with Nicola? And you can you can feel like you just tell me what to do, man. I'll just do whatever you tell me because yeah. I know that's that's the best play every time. And I, I've listened to to uh, Keith Parrish and uh, Dave Defour a couple of days ago mm-hmm. on the the Daily Thing, and they mentioned how it is possible that Dame Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo will create the highest offensive rating based on their pick and roll it it will be either that or whenever nikola jokic touches the ball <laughs> in any capacity yeah, yeah. so so basically aaron gordon is just a guy that that figured out okay i'm his guy i'm going to do whatever he asked me to and yeah. we've seen the fruits of that uh, in crazy a year ago we did not know that the nuggets are winning the championship and every Serb, Adam and Brandon were, were interviewing on the streets would tell them that Aaron Gordon is their favorite nugget, you know, of course, outside of Nikola Jokic, which, which makes sense because he, he is a guy willing to play real basketball. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, yeah okay so it's let's awesome. let's take one one more short break before we get to the main two guys don't go anywhere okay we are back jamal murray jamal murray is the most interesting guy here and i'm going to have some controversial takes here and peter will expect that because i already mentioned that on his pod a couple of weeks ago maybe maybe a month ago i don't remember when it was but last season 33 minutes per game 20 points on the nose four rebounds six assists 40 percent from three-point line but then the playoffs came 39 minutes 26 points almost six rebounds more than seven assists including 10 assists a per game in, in the finals and almost exactly 40% from the three-point line. So, Ray, is Jamal Murray going to be all-NBA guy this season, which means that he's going to be great from the jump? Um, I think he actually is going to be great from the jump, but I'm going to say no because there's so many guards and, you know, there's so many guards that he'd have to compete with that he'd have to go over uh, by the way by the way this season will be the first season when where there are no positions oh. in the all nba so you can have 15 guards if you want but won't that make it even harder then since we're going to be putting yeah like some of the larger positions there yeah i think that it's just going to be hard for him to make it um i think all stars is is definitely there um his stats i think it could be closer to somewhere in between the, the two that we're seeing here, 20 and 26 points per game, perhaps even more if he decides to push advantages that he typically doesn't push. Um, and also he's probably going to be fully healthy. Whereas last year we had, uh, you know, probably 30, 40% of the season where he wasn't quite right yet. So that's big baked into this first number. Um, but yeah, I think he might start pushing some edges that he doesn't normally push in the regular season. Like, pulling up a, a jillion times from three. If you notice that, like, when he's playing right, he's just doing – he's taking nine threes a game or eight threes a game, especially in the playoffs. He didn't do that in the, fir the first part of last season, and I was wondering – and he doesn't do that normally. And I'm wondering if that's just a – you know, he's trying to work on his game or if it's more of a, you know, just when he feels more comfortable, he's going to take more of those threes. There's so many times as fans, don't you sort of like – you're like, why didn't you take that three? You just – you know, dribbled the ball and then pulled up for a tougher shot. And I used to get mad at that, but now I'm actually, I think it's awesome. And I think it's part of what makes him so difficult to guard in the playoffs is that he has so many other counters that aren't just the analytical shots that, that you would normally want to go with. Pete, I just went off on a tangent. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, Pete, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you something different. So imagine if Jamal actually averages... 26.7 assists and six rebounds in the regular season. How much do you think he would have left in the tank for the playoffs after that kind of regular season? Uh, I think he would have most of it. I think probably like 95%, but I don't think he would be as fresh as he was last year. I mean, I really do think you can't under underrate how nice it was for the Nuggets that they were just able to coast in that last month of the regular season because mm -hmm. people started getting worried and then they came out against the Timberwolves and it was like it was like they woke up, you know, it's like a whole new team. So 
it's going to be really interesting to see what the what the West shakes out like this year. If you know how hard are they going to push for for home court? What do you think? <laughs> so so here's the difficult difficult part for me. So I think we know what we're going to get from Jokic. I think we know what we're going to get from Aaron Gordon, from Michael Porter, more or less, KCP for sure. I'm asking you guys, if Jamal Murray is averaging 25, 26 points per game on great efficiency and is dishing seven assists, seven assists per game, is there a way that the Nuggets are not a 65-win team then? Uh, maybe 60 plus and I, I don't think that that's um, I think that there is not a way that they're, they're like that unless the bench is just a complete tire fire or you know some of the other starters get hurt um, I think that that's sort of what's going to happen and I don't want to say they're going to be a high high wins team but I was really predicting a lower win total up until just recently but they just seem like they're not going to be in this funk that they were at the beginning of last season. Granted, a lot of that was their road trips and, and everything else. But, um, yeah, I could see them winning that many. And I think I know what you're getting at. You're just going to say that maybe he's going to rest a little bit? Or, or what do you see? I actually think he's going to take it slow again. <laughs> this is my official prediction. I think he he's going to – we're going to be frustrated – by him again for the first couple of months of the season and it will be by design because I mean I think he wants to include the other guys more in the regular season so he does not expend too much energy you've seen the numbers from the other guys KCP went down in the playoffs Porter went down in the playoffs Aaron Gordon went down you need to take somebody's points away to in increase yours. And, you know, Nikola Jokic is not going to drop to 18 points per game just just so Jamal could up to 26. So I actually think he's going to take it slow again. Maybe not as slow as last season because last season he was, you know, ramping up from the injury. And I just, everybody, every smart Nuggets fan or analyst will tell you that they expect the Nuggets to be somewhere between, I don't know, 52 wins and 55 wins. Mm -hmm. And I ask you guys, if Jamal is all NBA, there's no way they're winning less than 60. So that's that's like the, 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 the main reason here. I think he wants to be more inclusive of, of the other guys. And I actually would like that. On the other hand, he has that motive of, of big money waiting for him next summer if he actually gets to the, to the uh, All-NBA uh, top 15. So we'll see. We'll see what, what's the path that, uh, that he will take. But I would, I would say he would stay at like 22 points, maybe six and a half assists, which is pretty good. Last season, his, his total of 6.2 assists really good. per game was really good comparing to any other season. His previous record was like 4.8. That's a huge bump oh, wow. yeah. last season. So can I say yeah. one thing to defend Jamal real quick? Of course. One thing I really respect about his game is if you guys have noticed, whenever we're playing against a team that has a really good guard, if that guard is going off, 
Jamal doesn't look at him and go, I got to match him shot for shot. He continues yeah. to run the offense and play the same way. And is like, you know what? It's fine if you have 40 and I finish with 25 and 10 and Jokic has 30 and 10 and we just beat you guys by four points. So he really is a winner more than anything. And, you know, I said this on Twitter the other day, like everybody saying guard X is better than Jamal Murray just doesn't bother me because we won. He knows what it takes to win. We're good enough to win with him. And if he continues to put up numbers like this in the regular season and keep rising in the playoffs, I would totally take that. Yeah. Also, they're not better. <laughs> that also makes me feel better. Is that They can say what they want, but Devin Booker is not better than Jamal Murray. Sorry. You know, things like that. But you're right, though. It's just... Before we, before we move move on to, to Nikola Jokic, just last question. Give me your percentages for Jamal being an all-star and for Jamal being an all-NBA guy next season. Let's start with Ray. Okay, so all-star, I'm going to say... Okay, let's just assume no injury then. Is that okay? Because I, I don't like to... Uh, I think all-star, because of Dame leaving and everything, probably 80 75%. Like, I have it pretty high. All-NBA... 33 let's go one and three you know something in that range so i think it's high as far as all-star but the west is pretty bereft of, of great guards so take that with you will but once you get to the all nba i don't know pete um i'll be a little more pessimistic i'll say all-star 75 percent all nba 20 percent that was what yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> no. yeah, th- those are very fair. I think I think he's going to get in the All-Star, even if he doesn't deserve it with the regular season. He's just gonna, he just needs to stay at the same level, and people will be, yeah, but, you know, they are the one seed, and they did win the effing championship, so, so we cannot give them only one All-Star player again. I mean, unless, unless like, Michael Porter... Sh- <laughs> He's having a crazy first couple of months, like mm-hmm. scoring 27 points per game, or Aaron Gordon, you know, averaging a double double with with I don't know 20 points or something like that. But other than that, I think he is like an 80 percent All Star, maybe 85 percent chance, and All NBA. I mean, I I would like to to think that there's a chance for him. I mean. If he gets it, the Nuggets are gonna look like, like what was the 2016 Golden State Warriors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be yeah. crazy. Which might not be a good thing, you know. That's it's <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it might not be. You don't want to be like 15 games above the number two seed because you're you will have tried way too hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've we've crossed some some. Uh, bridges guys like we are hoping for our guys not to have too great of regular seasons because now we know <laughs> now we know what's the main thing <laughs> okay. it's great so much confidence okay let's let's get to the to the last guy for today's exercise the main the main guy Nikola Jokic last season 34 minutes 24.5 points really really disappointing 12 rebounds, uh, almost 10 assists. We know that he had it like at 10, 10 per game until like three three matches before the end. And then 38% from the three-point line, which is pretty crazy. Although on only like 
two, two attempts, I think, per game. And then in the playoffs, 40 minutes, 30 <laughs> points, 13.5 rebounds, nine and a half assists, 46% from the three-point line on like four and a half attempts. Come on, man. Come on. So what more? Okay, not what more. What can we expect from him? You can compare it to last three seasons or take it whatever you want. Peter. I think his numbers are going to go slightly down, scoring and, and rebounding. I just think, uh, you know, if Porter is, is more spry, he's going to get in there for more rebounds. And, you know, I just think Murray is going to take it upon himself starting out healthy. He'll probably be scoring more. So that'll take a few shots away. Um, the assists it will probably stay pretty consistent. I mean, it'd be really cool if he could get to 10 per game. Um, but I don't think he, he hunts assists. It just kind of happen or they don't. So if, if the other guys on the team have a good shooting year, he could, he could get to 10 assists. And then the three point shooting is just, man, what a great year he had. I, you know, I don't know if he can do that again. Maybe he can, but it's kind of a bonus when he shoots that well. Ray, are these 46% real? <laughs> you know what? I think honestly, this is so crazy. But I think that the in the mid the low forties is like if he really wanted to, that's what he would shoot because he he just seems to like only be doing this when the games are really hard. Um, maybe it's a concentration thing, and it probably is. I don't get it. Um, but yeah, I think he's a forty percent three point shooter in the games that matter or more. Maybe he's ridiculous. Um, as far as the scoring in the regular season, every time I everybody's like, and what we always do this, and I do this too, I'm like, oh, he's not going to score as much, but he scores a ton. So I think that what might happen is he might just roll into some more assists just because there might be the chemistry and then the, um, you know, Michael Porter, I think is going to have a better shooting year. Jamal Murray is going to be healthy. I could just see that extra assist getting there more often. And, um, the only thing that might lower those numbers, and this is for all the guys, it might be just that they're blowing guys out, um, which I could also see happening. Um, so, yeah, uh, same thing basically with Yoke, but just probably better than I expect. Better than I'm saying now because it always is. He always shatters expectations. <laughs> I have one one real uh, sneaky thing for you in the in the weeds, Miroslav. You know, one rule change the NBA made this year was they, I believe they added a second coach's challenge if you win your first one. So yes. Michael Malone smartly almost always uses his challenge on a Jokic foul that he doesn't think is a foul. So mm-hmm. we've seen that impact games where he has to go to the bench with foul trouble early. If he has an extra foul to play with, or I just mean like, you know, overturned, there's going to be games where he's playing five to seven more minutes that he usually wouldn't have gotten last season. Oh, see, so it's going to be triple double easily. That's right. Stat, but had those but stats. He'll be playing more, so they'll be blowing guys out. So they'll be, and we're cocky at this point, but so then they'll just be resting. Well, no, you're assuming the bench is going to be good if you're saying that. Oh, that's right. So they'll just play the bench more to keep it closer. Okay, that makes sense. It's it's really hard to to grasp what can you expect from him, but let's let's make it simpler. What are his percentages? What's his chance of uh, getting his third MVP, regular season MVP? 
next season with everything we know now. Oh man, um, what is his? What is he at right now? Like plus four hundred or plus? I haven't looked at it in a long time. Which yeah, he's like, he is he is the, the the top prospect for the MVP. Yeah. So I think that you know, for the first time ever, by the way, I would I would like if I was like if I had to bet on him at one to one or fifty percent, I would probably bet on him. Like so, I think it's fifty at least. You know, which is crazy for an MVP. You know, uh, uh, to say because he's. It's an easy bet right now with, with where he was at at least earlier. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of say 50%. I just, I think that the teams teaming up, the really good teams that'll be teaming up, they're going to sort of cannibalize each other. Um, Denver's going to be a high seed, most likely. Who else can you see doing that except for maybe Luca having a great season and, and how good has Dallas got to be? Who else? I don't know. I think it's honest. his, you know, it's his. Oh, you I mean Embiid? I don't know if he can get it, no matter what they do, given what happened. Yeah, Giannis too, I guess. Oh, go ahead, Pete. Yeah, I mean, I probably got like twenty percent. I mean, I think we all agree he's the best player in the NBA, but I don't know if he's interested in winning MVPs anymore. I think he might, you know, pace himself. But he can be not interested and still be like MVP numbers. That's what's crazy, guys. Yeah, I, I don't know. He yeah. would have. He would have won it last year if it wasn't for that shit show made by Kendrick Perkins. That was I just. Yeah. The, I mean, I it don't know. Tell, yeah. It, it, it's maybe it's like nowadays the 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 voting machine for the MVP is smarter than ever. Like these guys have so much more information nowadays than what the guys voting for the MVP had like 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. I'm pretty sure of that. And if you have so much information on Nikola Jokic, it's really hard to make a case for yourself not to vote for him uh, with your you know number one vote. So it needed to to be such a nasty thing uh, for him not to get it last year and and now they're out of moves. I, I mean, I don't know what else can they do to, to try to diminish his impact. And impact is crazy. And by the way, Giannis, yeah, great, great uh, candidate. But is Dame gonna yeah, kind of cannibalize his, yeah. his case? All I'm saying is I think that's some free money if you're a bet, if you're a gambler at whatever he's at right now. Um, I just don't see, and I don't see like how there's gonna be any voter fatigue. It's gonna be the the oh we screwed up. <laughs> let's it's gonna be the opposite of voter fatigue. I think. You know, we'll see. I mean, something's got to happen, like where they got to be like a bad seed, you know, or he's just got to like just not care. But even then, I don't know. I, I think him not caring is still so freaking good that yeah, it's just that's probably enough to carry him. Um, Miroslav, I will say one thing he's got going for him this year is that more. This is kind of sad to say, but more people just know who he is. I mean, yeah. even though he won two MVPs, I thought it was completely embarrassing that Lisa Salters in game one of the or game two of the Western Conference Finals said, I've been sleeping on this guy after he kicked <laughs> Anthony Davis's ass. I was like, What? She's a he, he's been girl, playing though. like this for like three years. <laughs> yeah. Do you only watch the games you attend? I'm sorry, that is a little harsh, but it's just like their nuggets are gonna be on TV even more now. I think people yeah. All the people that voted for Jokic, if he's the best player, will vote for him again. And I think he will maybe convert some more of the others 
who maybe didn't believe, oh, we got to see in the playoffs. Well, now you saw it. We just saw those numbers. Those were insane. Those are video game numbers. I mean, my Total video game numbers. Yeah. And maybe yeah. it's more uh, credit from the refs. We keep saying it every year, but if he gets a fair whistle. <laughs> I'm, not hoping, I'm not holding that hope for that. But. Yeah, I'm saying if he ever gets a fair, if he gets an Embiid whistle, then it's over. Just like lock up the MVP for like a decade because it's just going to happen. Jokic, Jokic leads the leagues in twos made where they didn't call a foul. Really? <laughs> Is that true? I'm, not, I'm that just saying like. Okay, I was like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My, my prediction here about his MVP case is that uh, the, the votes at the end will look very much like those percentages from the basketball reference, you know, MVP <laughs> odds. Like yeah, he's going to yeah. get like 85, 90% of first place votes next season. He might get more first place votes than he got two seasons ago when he was almost unanimous. So it's just that. They they will have to overcorrect this time, and if you're overcorrecting in Nicola's favor, like like what are you doing? Like, yeah, yeah. What's the limit? What's the limit there? Okay, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me for the last seventy minutes. Uh, it's been a crazy uh, off season, crazy long for me, but I I was lucky enough to get so many great people on this podcast in the last two months when we actually had uh, zero things to talk about in the present. We could always only talk about the past and the future. So I want to thank to everybody that that was here during the off-season. I want to, to thank all of the guys that participated in the, in the trivia game show last month. That was a blast for me. And now we're on to the on-season and you can expect all more appearances by Ray and Peter for sure. Thank you and have a great day and let's go Nuggets. Idemo Nuggetsi. Go Nuggets. Take care, guys.